This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Today is Monday, October 8th, and this is Red Sox Beat Podcast on the CLNS Media Network. My name is Jared Scally, and of course, I'm alongside my co-host, Jess Thomas. All right, Red Sox fans, of course, it's Red Sox Beat here on CLNS Media, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for your AL East champion, Boston Red Sox. 2-1 series lead. Jess Thomas alongside Jared Scally here. Don't forget, of course, to rate and review and subscribe to us on iTunes, on Stitcher as well. Um, Jess, we're coming in, recording this. It is Monday night, a Columbus Day holiday, and... Red Sox are, as we record this in the eighth inning, at a 12-1 to lead over the New York Yankees. So we felt kind of safe recording this with two innings left um, as we finish this. So, Jess, there's a lot to get to. Obviously, since the last time we spoke, we have, we were talking about wild card games and who's going to play in the divisional rounds. Now we have three out of the four LCS teams set, which is crazy. So we can talk about the rest of the league, but obviously we're here. We're talking Red Sox and... Just a lot of ups and downs so far. Yeah, no kidding. Sorry. <laughs> Their pitchers threw a pitch behind Jackie Bradley Jr. Another run, 13 to 1. That might, even, that's, even that's, that's, that sums up that this entire game. Yes, it sure does. Yeah, it's been an interesting three games. Obviously, you have, you know, first game, Chris Sale comes back, great offense in the first three innings, and you survive with some shaky bullpen. And then game two, David Price. Stinks it up again, just like he loves to do in the playoffs. And the bullpen actually pitches well in that game, but couldn't get enough offense to come back. And then a 13-so-far run outburst here in Yankee Stadium against Luis Severino. So a lot of twists and turns. We'll break down each game in more depth and decisions that were made and and different things like that. But it's been a pretty back-and-forth series so far. The only series that is not determined yet, as the other three already are. But you got to be feeling good especially now as a Sox fan, stealing home field back here with this Game 3 win. So you, let, let's go down a couple games, obviously, so far, and, and this 13-1 this to 1, so, so far win. It could get worse. Um, <laughs> re, really just kind of shows what this team has been this year. It's they, Unlike last couple years, this team has done really well bouncing back after tough losses. And, and this is just another example, right? We, you talked, you told, you said this before the show even started, you know, you lose home field and you go on the road the next game and put up 13 runs and counting as we record this on the Yankees on their home turf. When the stadium was jacked up, it was loud. We know that. Uh, they were fired up. Aaron Judge was playing New York, New York, walking by the Red Sox, Red Sox concourse after they win in game two in Fenway and light up David Price, which we'll get to. Ugh. And so it's a big statement to come in and do this when you're coming off a game that you had high hopes for after game one. But let's start game one, Jess, because your ace, your your bona fide guy, Chris Sale, massive question marks coming into that game. You don't know what he's going to be. Hasn't pitched a legitimate full speed, like, I'm going to no matter what, I don't have a pitch count type game in a long time. It's been a while. And there were a lot of questions coming into this game. 
Chrisell came in and locked down every question I had about what he was going to do and said, here you go, here's the answer. Because he went solid. Now, do I think he should have came out when he did? No. But that being said, you'd think your bullpen could save a 5 nothing lead and be okay, and you couldn't. So that's obviously the concern. But right now, Chris Sale, Jess, I don't think I have any questions. He looked healthy. He, he wasn't at 99, like Valdi is tonight or, or whatever it may be, but 95, 96 that he was t- catching at. He was coming in with backdoor sliders. He was looked like David Price. He seemed confident, and it looked like he was in command of everything he was throwing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he didn't throw 90 like his last start. Everyone was freaking out because his velocity was down. They were saying, where's 95, 96? Well, he came out with 95, 96, just like people expected him to or hoped that he would. So, yeah, I mean, there were a lot of question marks coming in, of course, because, you know, He'd only pitched 12 innings since, you know, two months ago. Mm -hmm. So, obviously, people were concerned about that because what do you expect? I expected him to be good because I figured Chris Sale is going to be Chris Sale. And unlike the last two playoffs where where he lost his his stuff because he ran out of gas, this year he's barely pitched the last two months. So, he's not out of gas. So, he was able to get eight strikeouts in five and a third innings. I think the reason he got taken out, obviously – he would like to see him finish the sixth inning, but 93 pitches after, you know, building up and not doing that. So I think that that was the main reason. I think he could have gotten a couple more outs personally. We can get into that more, but five and a third, five hits, two runs, two walks, eight strikeouts. I mean, shutting him down. And of course, J.D. Martinez hitting a three-run homer in the first inning obviously is great for Sale to, you know, have that cushion. Get three outs in the first inning, get the lead have the cushion that you can pitch well. So between that cushion and getting a lot of strikes against the Yankees, he looked confident, he looked solid, and you got to feel good about any any other starts he makes this postseason at this point. Yeah, I think, you know, in my head I even looked at it a situation where if they had lost tonight and lost, and had to go to game four and win in New York, I was giving Chris Sale the ball in my eyes, right? You had to, the way he looked, and, and you, you got to think that he was going to pitch at some point. But that – Obviously, isn't going to happen now. Um, Porcello is going to pitch game four if you need him. Sales there lined up for game five if you need him at Fenway Park. But the way he looked to me, I, I have so much confidence in the process that they put him on all year. And it seemed like, yeah, we were all getting frustrated at times, and I get it. And I, and I honestly can't say I wasn't getting frustrated because I was. I was like, why is our ace not on the mound? If he's really healthy, like get him out there, let him go a little longer. But I'm not, I don't question it anymore because clearly they knew what they were doing. Chris Dale knew what he needed to get done, and he they got the work done in time. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they had a really specific plan for the last two months. You know, get him healthy. Went back on the DL, realized he needed some more time off, got the time off. Then pitched one inning, then pitched two innings, then three and a third. You know, they just keep building up and keep building up because they wanted him to be strong for this. Now they have him at their disposal, and he's fresh. So they'd be a little concerned with, like, short rest, which I guess I think game four would be short rest if he had to pitch, which is why this game three win is even more important because now you don't have to do that or worry about yep. that, yep. which is fantastic. I mean, it would be interesting to see if they if they would have thought about it if a two-to-one deficit actually happened, but it doesn't matter anymore. So that's still maybe a little shaky just because he hadn't pitched as much, but in terms of pitching on regular rest and having the strength that he didn't have the last two years, I mean, I think they handled it perfectly with an eye to the playoffs because they knew that this was going to happen because they were so good. Obviously, Chris Sale's the spotlight of that game. And, you, you, you know, you have a 5 nothing lead when he comes out. And you'd think, okay, yeah, the bullpen's not great. We know that. But it's a 5 nothing lead. You should be okay. 
obviously the Red Sox end up winning 5-4, but just it, it was very, very sketchy all the way through. Brian Brazier comes in, doesn't look good. Um, other guys come throughout the process, and it's just like you, you look at what these, these guys did, and you know the next night after David Price, they looked okay. So it's really a hit or miss, and you're just – at this point, I think it's going to be a matter of I'm not really sure what you're going to get in the bullpen, so let's keep them off the mound as long as humanly possible. And then when you have to do it, let's hope that you pick the right person. Yeah, it's really it's really the formula for this team is to score and then hope your starter goes a little while and hope you have a big enough lead like fourteen to one. <laughs> Not five nothing, but fourteen to one's a good a good comfortable lead. And then you can win it. You hate that you have to have it be that way, but that's just how this team's constituted and they are capable of scoring fourteen runs in the playoffs, which is awesome. That's huge. So yeah, in terms of the bullpen, it was tough. It was nerve-wracking to watch for sure on Friday. But even though the guys got in trouble, you know, Workman gave up a couple couple base runners and a run, but then he got a huge strikeout with the bases loaded, and the team still had the lead. Matt Barnes struggled a little bit with some inherited runners, and then he got big outs when he needed to. And then, you know, Rick Porcello comes in because – Scores wanted a couple more outs before Kimbrell. He got the job done, and then Kimbrell came in. Of course, he gave up a home run to Judge, but then got three straight strikeouts and looked like vintage Craig Kimbrell, the guy you want in your team closing every 100%. game. 100%. So yep. They got the job done. I know that they were shaky. I know that it was a little sketchy trying to figure out who was going to go where. But in my mind, you won 5-4. to four. They didn't give up the big, huge – they didn't give up the three-run homer. They didn't give up the grand slam. They didn't give up the three-run double that ruins games. They kept the run single, you know, 5-1, 5-2, 5-3, and they kept the lead, and, and the five were enough to hold up. So in my mind, I was like, well, yeah, they didn't pitch great, but they got big outs and they needed to to limit damage with, with the bases loaded and guys on base. And, you know, they got to Kimbrell, and they ended up getting the win. So – that's the playoffs. You try to get as many outs as you can and, you know, get to your closer and win the game. And ultimately, they won the game. I was okay with it. It was definitely nerve-wracking to watch as a fan, absolutely. But they didn't give up the big hit, and they still won. So I'm okay with that. I'd rather not have to, have to be in that situation, but it worked out. Are you telling me you're not concerned about the bullpen? I'm slightly concerned. I understand the concern. How can you be slightly con- just slightly concerned? They because suck. Because every game is its own entity, and if you, you – Jess, you have majority of the season to go off of. Not, It's not just that one game. It's been like that. This is what we everyone's been expecting is that exact happened. I thought they were going to cough that game up. Everyone did. Yeah, I know. But it's – on the other hand, it's like in the playoffs, every out is so big that, you know, if you're Corey, you just get – the outs when you can, and just, you know, if you have to throw Porcello out there in the eighth, you have to do that. I know it's not an ideal situation to throw Porcello out there in the eighth, but it, I don't know. That was know. the one I decision just, I was happy with. Like I was thrilled with that. Because that get decision. the relievers off. Like, I, it should have happened sooner because they were throwing every, – every reliever he put in at that game, and I get it. They've had their good success stories this year. I'm not saying they've been bad every time they've gone on the mound, but when you have every reliever after every reliever not working – you have two stars out there who you knew you were going to go to if stuff went sideways because you knew Evaldi was going to have the opportunity to pitch game three if you needed him to, which obviously worked out. But why not just go to Porcello or Erod sooner is really was my big question mark because clearly every reliever you chose was not working. Right. I guess in Cora's mind, he was just trying to get as many, squeeze as many out before he had to go to those guys late in the game when he still had a, you know, three or four round lead instead of one or two. I guess more, I guess I'm thinking of this more from Cora's perspective. 
and less from Dombrowski's because I guess the thought now is you should have gotten somebody else so it wouldn't be such a struggle. But I'm thinking of it in terms of core, like what what do you do, who do you pick, and where. And I I think he did a pretty good job with it. And then finding out after the game the right wasn't available was obviously huge because people were wondering why he wasn't in the game. And we found out later why he wasn't in the game because he wasn't available. So I guess I'm just I guess I'm trying to like see the good side from Core's perspective that he did his best, try to mix and match and get as many outs as he could after sale. I guess that's more what I'm thinking. But yeah, of course you want a more reliable option, but you you don't have that. So I will okay, I'm not blaming Cora because I don't think he's put in a very tough spot. Now, I think there's small things that Cora could do differently, but like it's not gonna be the reason why you win or lose because I don't think Porcello Staying in for the entire eighth inning versus Craig Kimbrell pitching four outs is really going to be the big difference because Craig Kimbrell should sack up and learn how to pitch a four out inning. But I think the biggest thing for me is he got screwed and Cora doesn't really have any options. And I think this all goes back to Nebraska. Anybody that blames the bullpen on Cora is stupid. They don't really know. They don't understand how this stuff works. Cora doesn't have that many great options to go to. There really aren't. Like who, who, like who do you really trust just a hundred percent of the time in the eighth inning to say, here's the ball. I trust you to get me to Craig Kimbrell every single time, and you're shocked. Rick Porcello, obviously. Okay, I, <laughs> me too. I sure if you want, make Rick Porcello the eighth inning guy. Fine. Or David Price or, now. <laughs> or David Price now, because we'll get to that in a second. I don't trust any of those relievers to go give me three outs and we'll go to Kimbrell. I don't. Do, I don't do you because I don't. I haven't all year. Well, I, I was leaning towards Brazier, and then of course he comes in first on Friday and gets one out and leaves two guys on base so but then he comes out in game and pitches really well so it's hard to know I would trust I kind of trust him but obviously he's doesn't have much experience with this I guess that's the biggest thing is these guys don't really have playoff experience much many of them you know Workman does from five years ago but you know Brazier Barnes like these guys don't have Hembry these guys don't have much playoff experience so it's tough to know who to trust in the playoffs because some guys break down in pressure situations some guys get better it's hard to know who does what, so you know it's a it's a tough situation. But I do want to give Dombrowski credit for his for his acquisitions he actually did make, though, because obviously Evaldi's been massive against the Yankees. Steve Pierce has been has been a really good addition, and and Kinsler's been good from time to time. So he did make good moves. I guess people complain more about the moves he didn't make, but the moves he did make were really good. Oh, I give him credit. Kinsler's been crap. I'm glad they sat him lately. He was a good pickup overall. Don't get me wrong. I'm glad they picked him yeah. up because they, they didn't have a solid second baseman at all. But he's been struggling, so I'm glad they started Holt tonight because they needed him to give him a break. Um, but I think the biggest thing, and, and, and let's kind of jump to this because I think you just kind of gave me a nice radio segue, is that you don't really know what you're going to get from a lot of these guys. I, I think we're done giving David Price chances. Now, <laughs> I, I think you know what to expect. And this thing that sucks is I really think you're going to have to rely on him moving forward if you do win this series. I don't think he's going to the bullpen full time. I don't. I, I don't. Who? You know. I don't think they have any other options unless you let Erod start and just let David Price rot out in the bullpen. That's like your only option because Stephen Rice's not healthy. Just as hard, I'm done giving David Price playoff chances. He had a chance to just right all the wrongs. Chris Sale does his job. You get a 1-0 lead. The bullpen almost coughs it up and doesn't. You have whatever momentum you have is kind of on your side. David Price, here's the ball. Go let us up. Be, go let us be up 2-0. Help us out. <laughs> Can't even get out of the second freaking inning. And looks like the David Price of old. And I'm now set in stone saying there's a regular season David Price, which we all love. And there's an October guy who all of a sudden just shrivels up in the depths of the playoffs and cannot do it 
and now you're paying this guy an arm and a leg to not do it when it matters. And in this city, this is the only time of the year, Jess, that it really actually matters. Well, it's funny. Like, is it is it David Price regular season versus playoffs, or is it David Price versus every team and David Price versus the Yankees? <laughs> I mean, he's so bad against the Yankees, it's almost comical. I mean, I have to see how he pitches against the Astros if he gets the chance. You'd assume you would kind of need him to at that point in a seven-game series. But at this point, it's like even in the regular season, except that one game against the Yankees where he pitched well, he's been so good against everyone, and he's – historically bad against the Yankees. Like, half the home runs he's given up this year against the Yankees in, like, four games. It's insane. Like, he's so bad against the Yankees. They just hit him left and right. Homers all over the ballpark. He's so bad. I mean, they're the best home run hitting team in history, and he just seems to love just giving up as many as he possibly can to them. It's almost, and I don't have these numbers in front of me, I'm guessing, but, like, it's almost like like the situation with Severino and the Red Sox. Severino's really good. Hasn't had a bad year. But the Red Sox team just always hit him. Like yeah. they chased him in the fourth inning tonight. Like that. Like yeah. it just seems to be the same situation now. Severino's a lot younger, and, I, and I'm giving him a pass on these for now. But like, you look at the situation and go, "You're right. You, you're going to need David Price if you do go on and win this series. You're up two one now, right? After this big win at Yankee yeah. Stadium, um, do I think you're going to they're going to roll over and let you win Game Four? No. You're gonna have to earn it. Worst case, you have Game Five of Chris Sale. So I, I do at this point. I think they're set up well to win this series, right? The rest of the way. I think tonight was a big thing for them. So play the game here, Jess, for a second, and they go to Houston and they and they win that. And they get home field, obviously, against Houston too. You do need David Price. It's a seven game series, a little bit longer. You don't have enough starters to not have David Price pitch. You, you need him, right? But I think in that case, you give him one more chance. I guess probably Game Two. I assume. And since you have more leeway, since you need to win four games instead of three, or on the other hand, you don't want to lose four games instead of three, so it's a little more leeway than it is in the ALDS. But, like, I guess you give him one chance, probably game two. It could be game one. Sucks. It could be game one. Or game, or game right, if sale. Right, good point, yeah. So, whatever, just give him one chance. And if he sucks in that, too, I, you avoid him at all costs. Whatever you can possibly do, any starters you have in the bullpen, if you, go- <laughs> you know, start him. If you go to Game Five, Cristel pitches, you win. If that happens, couldn't you think of a? Could you think of any worse person to send out to set the tone in ALCS and David Price? Well, that's the thing. Game ones are so big, especially at home. I don't even want to take that chance. But you got to give them one more chance, don't you? Do you do you maybe back him up and like put a Valdi out there for Game One or like? <laughs> Maybe, but he sucks against everybody yeah. besides the okay. Yankees with then, us. Then do you let Erod go out <laughs> game one or Porcello go out game one? Like just I, Porcello uh, because Erod's been shaky recently too. <laughs> do you just avoid David Price game one at all costs? Does it really come to this? Are we really just sitting here trying to avoid David Price the rest? That's terrible. I am because start, this is it's ridiculous. Like, right, he's got such a terrible track record in the playoffs, and he just sucks so much against the Yankees. It's, it's so sad. Like I was trying to be on his bandwagon. I'm like, he's finally done it. He's turned the corner. I was corner. hoping so, too. I really thought I he had something this year. Great great regular season. I'm like, this is it. And he gets shelled, and he, inning and two-thirds, Cora was not waiting around. He said, screw this guy. Home run to judge in the first inning. Got three other outs. All right, so you're down one nothing. That's okay. First batter of the second inning, Gary Sanchez, it's a home run. 2 nothing. Then he gets two outs on grounders. It's like, all right, if he can get out of this inning with just the two runs, it's not great because he's giving him two home runs, but... You can you can deal with it, and then he walks Torres, he walks Gardner, she loses his control, and then McCutcheon gets an RBI single. Boom, three nothing. You're not even out of the second inning, and Cora gives him the boot right away. 
couldn't even let him get the last out. So I I'm a little surprised he took him out so early, but that's what you do these days. You know, if you don't if the starter's not cutting it, you don't want to get down too quickly. And you know, three nothing was certainly comebackable. They didn't do it, but it's just like he wasn't given much of a chance, and he proved real quick that he once he started giving up home runs, he was going to lose control, and that's that's the problem with him. That's the difference between him and other guys. You know, Sale Porcello, if they give a couple runs early, they can still give you five or six innings. When Price gives up a couple runs early, he can't seem to recover. He just, like, craps his pants and has no idea what he's doing and, you know, gets taken out for inning in two-thirds. It's like, it's such a mental game for him, and he's such a mental case. And it's like, this was the year. I thought he had it, and he just totally blew it. It's just so freaking annoying. <laughs> It's it's so uh, it, it, it's really frustrating, and it's 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 not it's getting old. And I think we'll obviously have more when we know if they're going to move on. Because if they're going to move on, and we're going to talk about this by that by the time my next show comes out, he might have already pitched another game. Because if the ALCS starts and he has to pitch, then he's going to have. We might actually have another David Price start to bitch about <laughs> come next week. <laughs> um, so you don't really know what they're going to do. I think I think they they might have to run on David Price for a lot of these situations, which really is unfortunate because. He might become the demise of the starting rotation if this works out. But one thing that's not a disappointment uh, is one in one hundred dot co. Hey, Boston sports fans, do you want to get killer seats to see your favorite team for the price of a beer or a large pizza? Tired of paying for all the inflated markups from the brokers and the last minute convenient charges, so you end up paying courtside prices for those nosebleed seats? Well, go to o n e one n one zero zero dot co. That's one in one zero zero dot co. Feeling lucky? Try it out now. The novelty of 1 in 100 is that there's no other place online that's doing online raffles to win tickets to events. It's totally a new way to score tickets to your favorite events or a new way to score Boston Celtics, Boston Red Sox, Patriots, whatever you want to go to. Uh, tickets to events are hard to get, and the good ones are expensive. The cost to potentially score tickets with 1 in 100 is a small fraction of the actual ticket price. You can score a pair of tickets for less than the cost of a beer. The fir- your first raffle ticket is free after signing up, so go to that's one in one zero zero dot co and check it out. And uh, they're good stuff. And obviously, anyone would love to pay beer prices for the ticket and then go pay more beer prices. So uh, go check them out again. That's one one zero zero dot co. Okay, Jess. So let's let's jump into one thing before we jump into the MLB around the league stuff. Let's just talk about Stephen Wright for like two seconds because. I think the big. I think people are going to underplay how big this injury is, but I think when you watch Stephen Wright the last couple weeks of the season, even the last month, like just since he came back, really, he's been so good, and he really seemed to embrace that. I'll do whatever you need me to do, but like he embraced the coming out of that bullpen, being the lockdown guy that he needed him to be, and he was pretty unhittable for a while, Jess. Yeah, he was. He hadn't given up a run for like several innings until like one of his last outings and he was figuring to be an important part in the eighth inning or seventh inning or something like that and all of a sudden more knee inflammation which has been the problem all along he keeps having knee problems so here's another one and now because they had to replace him on the roster now he can't pitch till the world series if he's even ready to come back at that point if he get there so not good for him and puts him in a pretty big bind here you know right away so it's 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 frustrating. It's tough. It kind of blows blows what you're uh, what you're planning on doing here. So it's uh it's not good. But on the bright side, I believe Brock Holt is hit for the cycle. 
Ah, oh, that's a bright side. Let's go. <laughs> 16 to 1 Red Sox, by the way. What a smart... Before. What a smart move that was, too. I mean, I think Cora should have started Holt and um, Devers in Game 2. He didn't. Now you stick with this lineup in Game 4. You stick right. with Brock Holt at second. You stick with Devers at third. I think Devers should have been playing all along. Um, I think Nunez didn't earn anything down the stretch to take this job from Devers. I think Devers was hitting the crap out of the ball, and his defense looked okay. I, I'm, he needs to stay in at all costs at this point because he's doing well. But that being said. Yeah. Two, two for six, two runs and an RBI tonight for Devers. And Brock Holt, four for six, three runs, five RBI in the cycle. Now, one caveat, Austin Romine is pitching the ninth inning here, and he's not a pitcher. But Holt needed a home run, and he got it. So this is the second cycle in his career, and a cycle in the playoffs is incredible. Obviously totally meaningless at this point since it's a 16-1, to 1, but that's really exciting. I mean, he didn't play the first two games. He gets a cycle in his first game back. If that isn't asked to be start, starting for the rest of the playoffs, I don't know what does. The Red Sox are going to go to the ALCS, people. That's it. This game was a very big deal because if you didn't win this game, don't think you were getting out of New York. You had to win Nathan Evaldi's start. He's that good against New York, and you did. I said that. I said that before the game. I said to my dad, I said, whoever wins this game tonight is going to win the series. Well, it, it's a big deal. I've, and I still believe that. Oh, 100%. Now the Sox have two to, to win one game. So. Which, and they don't very they very rarely cough those chances up, especially when Chris Sale is one of your starters, if it, if it comes to that. Right. So I, I, I think there's, there's a good chance you're playing Houston, um, and then who knows, honestly, because um, Houston legit is a wagon. So It's going to be a great series. Let's talk about the round of the league because, look, as much as we can sit here and talk about Steven Wright, I, I think it's a blow. I, I think there's, I don't think they're screwed because of it, but people, no. I, think, I, I don't think people realize how good he was and how valuable he could have been coming out of the bullpen, changing pace a couple innings just if case the starters didn't go well. Because think about it. Last night, David Price's start, or a couple nights ago, he could have came in and been the guy who just pitched a couple innings and got through it and led to the bullpen, and instead he had, he wasn't there. So I think that's a, that was his role. He embraced it, and I think that's a big loss for what you don't have now. But let's go to league stuff because it kills me. I only realized it like a couple innings in, just before we get out of here for the week, that we're the, the Red Sox-Yankees here is the only one left. Because you go around, the the NLCS is set, Dodgers-Brewers. Houston had no problem with Cleveland, which I'm not surprised by. Um, and now you're waiting on the Red Sox-Yankees, and this is actually even better. This sets the stage. Red Sox-Yankees was the world watching tonight, or the other night, and David Price choked it. Now you have the entire world watching this one series, which is the way it should be. It's Red Sox-Yankees. It's kind of weird that the, the other series didn't, didn't really have that much drama to them. Like, yeah, the Dodgers lost a game, but, like, did it really matter? No. There was no drama. It's funny, too, because I guess the way this happened is because, obviously, the Sox and Yankees have had the late slots, like the 7, 8 o'clock slots, the primetime slots. Games. Yeah. And so the other series—well, first of all, the NL series started a day earlier, so they were already a game ahead. Because like this is game three and like the Dodgers and Braves played game four tonight, yeah, yeah. So they were a day ahead, and then obviously two of the three series were sweeps. So like this is the only way that this could have happened because like this is only game three. Like this series wouldn't even be over at this point anyway because even if a team was going to sweep because it, it would have been on, tonight, it would have been tonight, right? But all the other ones are over already for those reasons. So it's kind of interesting how that works. But yeah, no drama. I mean, Houston just wiped the floor with Cleveland and. 
the Brewers gave up two runs in three games to the Rockies, and the Braves had one nice win, helped by a grand slam by Acuna. But other than that, the Dodgers were pretty in control of that series. So, yeah, very little drama. I guess those teams were clearly just much superior to their opponents, I guess. <laughs> really? Watching the Brewers, Jess, I don't know how you can't root for them. Like, I, so good. the Milwaukee Brewers are one, the, I think they, they have by far the best team in the National League. I cannot wait. Fire. I cannot <laughs> wait to watch the NLCS. Like, I, that's going to be a great team. And, if, and a lot of our listeners, obviously, are Red Sox fans, probably don't watch a lot of National League baseball just because a lot of them, a lot of these teams are obviously out west. But at the same time, people watch the Red Sox and that's it. And they go about their day. It's a lot of baseball to watch other teams and the Red Sox just because of how much baseball there is every week. The Milwaukee, the Milwaukee Brewers are a really good baseball team. Everyone knows the Dodgers. They're a household name. No one thinks the Brewers are good because of the Brewers. They have a really good team. When they traded for Yelich, right? He, he was good in Miami. But getting him on that team, they have a Vander uh, – not a Vander Kane. They have um, – why am I blanking? Center fielder. Just help me out. Renzo Kane. Renzo Kane. Thank you. They have Renzo Kane out there in center field who knows how to win, right? Was on the Royals. They have a really good roster, plus the mayor of Ding Dong City is still their man in first base, guys, um, in Travis Shaw. Still one of the worst trades Dombrowski's ever made. Yep. You look at that team, I am a Milwaukee Brewers fan. Unless the Red Sox are going to the World Series, I really hope the Brewers win the World Series because they are doing it the right way, and I also don't want the Dodgers to go. So just watching that, watching that team, they, they deserve to go. Yeah, I mean, they're the hottest team in the league. I don't see how anybody could pick the Dodgers unless something dramatically changes here. Hasn't the Brewers, the Brewers have won 11 straight games, I believe it is? So, yeah, they haven't lost in a couple weeks. Yeah, they won the last eight games of the regular season and then obviously swept against the Rockies. So, I mean, they're absolutely on fire, and that's hot teams are what you want in the playoffs. So I don't see how anybody could pick the Dodgers at this point. We'll see what they come out with, but... I think the Brewers are pretty heavy favorites to get to the World Series. That'd be fun if Brewers, uh, Red Sox, World Series, 108 win team versus a team that like doesn't lose. That'd be fun. So with the Astros, but you know, I'm not losing to the Astros. I think all not, you just have all, <laughs> that, that, all the teams you have left are good, like really good. Oh, really good. That's the like, thing. Clearly, because like those teams just took her in the in the uh, LDSs. So whatever four teams you have, you're gonna have four really good teams. So. I think baseball's got it, uh, you know, might not be the most exciting thing in the world right now, but you're going to have the four best teams in the LCSs when it's all said and done. Sure. All right, Jess, before we get out of here, because we always, we always do predictions, I want to know this time next week when we release the show on Monday, where's this Red Sox team at? Are they out of the playoffs? Are they going home, you know, packing out their stuff? Are they... Are they in the ALCS? Are they are they are they up a game? Are they down a game? Does David Price pitch yet? Give me your crystal ball. Where is this team at next week when we put out a show? Huh. Well, I need to look at the uh, ALCS schedule first. <laughs> uh, they start, it starts Saturday. I know that. Saturday. Yep. Okay. Wow, the Astros have a long time off, don't they? Yeah, they, well, you, earn, you earn the time off when you sweep somebody like they did to the Indians. Right. Is that a good thing, though? I don't know. We'll see. It's always an age-old debate. Do you want rest or do you want to be hot and playing so okay so saturday you say that's when they start yeah hold on, let's see if i can i can pull up the whole thing if you want if you really want it yeah, I'm, I'm pulling it too you caught me off guard here so. i know i was kind of hoping i did <laughs> all right I'm trying to saturday october 13th is alcs game one 
Sunday is game two. Game three is Tuesday. So we'd have two games by the so time we'll we release the show. Games. Yep. Okay. All right, fair. All right, well, what's going to happen before that is, you know what? I think it makes more sense to say Red Sox in five, but before the series started, I said Red Sox in four. So I'd like to stick with that and win both games in Yankee Stadium. That would be glorious. They're set up to so, do it. They're set up to do it. They are. They are set up to do it. So I'm going to stick to that. I say Red Sox in four, even though five makes more sense because the Yankees won 100 games too, but screw them. So <laughs> screw the sweep, Yankees. We're going to sweep them, get a, little, get a little rest here before the ALCS. Two games in Houston. Uh, I think that you're going to see a similar thing to this series, and it's going to be split one-to-one after two, and whatever, whatever, you know, I'm going to say, I'm going to go out on a weird limb here and say Price does get a start. I'm not sure which game it is, one or two, but I'm going to say that they win the game that he starts because he's had too good of a year to do this again. If he goes one and two-thirds innings again and blows it against the Astros, too, oh, what a disaster that would be. So I'm, for, for his sake, God, I hope he pitches well. But I'm going to say series tied at one-to-one one after two games, Astros. Yeah. No, I, I look at this and say I think the Red Sox win this series in five. I think we come back to Fenway. Five. Yeah. I think we Sorry. come back to Fenway. Sale locks it down, which means David Price does unfortunately pitch game one of the ALCS because I don't think you really have any other option. Um I think you win that game not because of David Price. I That's think why I said they're going to win the game, not he's going to win the game. Yeah, I think I think you win the David Price start because of your offense. Because I think if you're at home, you're coming off this big series win. I think you had the best offense in the league for a reason, or one of the best. Off, you know, you you came in with the, that kind of talent. I think this team rallies behind David Price. They, Price, they all love David Price. So maybe he gets a win because of the run support, but. I don't think you win this game because of the fact that he's pitching well. Um, and then game two, who knows? You probably, I, I, I'd say split. I don't want to be the same as you, but like, how can you not when you're playing the Houston Astros and they're that good of a team? I can't imagine you coming in and taking both games, especially the first game makes more sense because, like you said, the rest. Like it, you could be rusty. They, they haven't played a little bit. They're on the road. Um, even the biggest thing that scares me about Houston is that they are a really good road team. So really good. Really really good. good. Really good. Yeah. Um, so you, Historically good. Yeah, so that's that's the only issue with them. I'm not going to pick it. Look, I don't think Houston will lose that series regardless of who they play. So it's just one of those things for me where they're that um, good. They're that good of a team. I think they repeat. I, I think, think they're, they're going to win the, the World Sox, Series. I picked the Red Sox to win the World Series, so I can't stop saying that now. Yeah, I think Houston's going to win the whole thing. I think they're going back-to-back. They're just too good wow. of a team. Unless they, play, unless they play the Brewers, and then maybe they won't. But, like— I, I think Houston's a really, really good team, and they have the starting pitching to do it. But we'll leave it hey, there. What? What? No. Before we actually, by the way, Red Sox just won sixteen to one, so it's over. Boom! Officially, final. Officially two to one. World Series back um, on. Yes. Or did you ask? Not yes. me. Rockhold, amazing. No, what I was gonna say was I. Wow, he's the first player in postseason history to hit for the cycle. That's amazing. Rockhold, right. this guy what? is crazy. Yeah, first cycle in postseason history. Ever. Ever. Oh, God, I, gotta, I think it. I have to reevaluate my love, of, my hate of Brock Holt. You can't hate him anymore. He's the man. I hate him as a starter. Like an everyday player. But, but he started to, okay, everyday yeah, player. Everyday player, right. everyday player. Oh, David Price just hugged him. What a good teammate. Yeah. yeah I suck, <laughs> but I still love you. <laughs> right? But what I was going to say <laughs> I'm David is Price. that I suck. <laughs> is, he's get, wow, Brock's getting the love from everybody. 
Um, I mean, yeah, you better. Today. You're the first person ever for the freaking cycle in the postseason. Why wouldn't you get love? I'd give him everything he wants. God. Right. I just want to point out um, my team prediction on our 2018 Red Sox preview predictions piece that was posted on March 25th. Okay. I don't want to get ahead of myself here, but my prediction in my words verbatim, quote, I expect the Sox to win the AL East with 96 wins. Okay, they got 108. Give me a break. I got the I got the AL East part right. And I said, I think Houston still has more overall firepower than Boston, but it's very hard to repeat as champions. So I think the Sox will knock off the Astros and the ALCS after the Yankees lose in the first round. I said that on March 25th, sir. Well, we'll see if it happens. That? We'll see if it happens. I don't need to read the rest because I said Boston will play the Cubs in the World Series. Cubs are obviously out. But I said they're in the World Series. So they're going to beat the Astros in the ALCS, and the Yankees are going to lose in the first round. If the Red Sox win the series, Yankees are losing the first round. You're playing the Astros. I said the Astros have more overall firepower. The Red Sox are going to win. So whew, this is lining up to be something special. you got to stick to your guns now, man. You can't break anything I'm but just, that. I'm sticking to it. All right, we'll leave it there. We'll leave it at right. just gloating a little bit. Just a little bit. A little well, bit. At Red Sox CLNS on Twitter. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. Listen to us on Stitcher, the mobile podcast app as well on CLNS uh, on the iOS and Android stores. Uh, we'll be back next week. Who knows where we'll be at? Maybe David Price sucks again. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe the Red Sox are out. We could be talking about that next week too, Jeff. So we haven't given that much of a possibility because uh, we don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> but we could also be talking about an end-of-season recap show in a week from now. So we'll hopefully cut our prayers and count our blessings and hope that isn't the case. But uh, for now, we'll leave it there. Red Sox are up 2-1 as we release this show against the, the wonderful, wonderful team from the New York Yankees. Uh, we'll be back next week. Red Sox beat here on CLNS Media.